Okay, welcome back to True Crime Broads. We're so excited to have Philip Klein back with us today. He's with Klein Investigations, and he is here to talk to us about the Michael Chambers case again. If you haven't listened to the episode we did with him before, please go back and listen to that and then check this one out. Absolutely. We are so glad you're here with us, um, Philip. Uh, we appreciate it. We, the last recording um, interview we did with you and then this one, of course. So um, can, what can you do to update us on the Michael Chambers case? Well, first of all, thank you for having me back. I, I do appreciate y'all's interest in it and I appreciate y'all making contact with me. Um, you know, the Chambers case, I think right after we did the last interview, it wasn't long after that, uh, there was a discovery of a body. Um, and I want to describe it for your listeners and, and the folks watching this. Um, if you go across the Seven Mile Bridge by Lake, and I can never say it, Tonkawonki. Tonkawonki, I only know because Tawakini. I grew, I grew up go. going there. Tawakini. And you go, yeah, we did that last time. And then you go <laughs> uh, about three miles, and then there's a farm to market road. And you take a ride on that farm to market road as you're heading kind of north, northwest. Um, it was in the original search zone. However, um, the body was not found during those searches. Um, and you go about seven miles down that short farm to market road. <clears throat> it turns into kind of a slough area for the lake. Um, and then there's a rise kind of like a little, uh, I wanna say an island that can be accessed off the road. Uh, and the, a body was found in that area by a um, a guy that says he is uh, a naturist, a naturalist, and he just likes to walk through the woods. And he was walking through the woods and he found two things that are of importance. He found number one, a uh, the body, the parts of the body. Uh, of course, as you guys know, whenever you get into things like this, that when a body dies, it decomposes pretty quickly when it's out in the sun or it's in water. Uh, and the body went into, my guess is an immediate state of decomposition. They found a skeleton and they found a bicycle that had been by one side denied that a bicycle was missing, but on another side, somebody said, well, the bike was missing. The one reason that folks in law enforcement and guys like us were skeptic of it is that um, there was a very large denial at the original time of us becoming involved that he got on a bicycle and he rode that bicycle from his home um, to the Seven Mile Bridge. Remember, the last point we had of a cell phone ping was at the Seven Mile Bridge. Right. Um, if you do as a crow flies, and let's do it first to the Seven Mile Bridge, that's between 21 and 24 miles, depending upon what road you go down. We had interviewed pretty much everybody in the area, and we've made an all call, and so did the police, <clears throat> of anybody that may have seen a guy riding a bicycle. Now, you may ask yourself, why? There's a bunch of bicycles. Well, no, there's not. It's a two-lane road a big time two lane road between the area of the homestead and all the way to the 
the bridge. So somebody would have seen it. Now, are there sidewalks between where the restaurants all start and Walmart and that creases you over to the road the bridge is on? Yes, but there are no sidewalks anywhere uh, between um, the home and the seven mile bridge. Now you take the seven mile bridge back to where the body was found, which is another roughly 7.85 miles, you find that there are no sidewalks. Now, why is that important? Well, if you're riding a bike, right? And you're riding in that kind of traffic, which that kind of traffic would be very, very, very heavy at that date and time, right? After work, <clears throat> kind of, you know, summertime weather, people right. about, uh, people on the lake, the lake, the bridge was under construction where there were no sidewalks for any bicycles to go to. You put that all together, somebody would have seen something, okay? That's why you saw when we first took over this case is that we were making a plea to the public. Hey, public, come on, you know, we need you. So um, we never got a tip, not one tip from one person that Michael Chambers was seen riding a bike. Now, the other part of it is the bike that he was riding was a 1960s bike, which its sister bike, the companion bike, was literally broke and rusted and it was, it was horrific. So we just all kind of went, you know, there's something more to this. And right. so the bike was found um, I think that's been broadcast in the media. It is a positive that it was that bike. However, uh, the body and the DNA and the clothing, some of which we can semi-verify, such as a pair of jeans, that sort of thing. Um, we do not have uh, the official ruling from the coroner and we do not have the official ruling from uh, the um, autopsy and the DNA from the autopsy. So with that said, you can kind of see where we are. Uh, that is not really my job to announce it to the public. That's Hunt County and the fine detectives, the men and women of the detective division. Uh, up there that have put in so many hours and the sheriff himself who has put in so many hours I mean, you can't say enough nice things about that I mean they're a good law enforcement agency to work with that's uh, awesome mm -hmm. oh yeah I mean you know when we sat in a room with them <clears throat> a year ago and we were going over everything again everybody was kind of shaking their heads taking it serious going through each of the pieces of evidence and say you know it, it paints a very good picture I mean from the blood on the ground to the missing tarp, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that that uh, that we were all looking at that we all agreed upon that look nefarious. It still looks nefarious to us. Did um, law enforcement pull cameras? You were saying there's no eyewitnesses that no caught him on his bike. No, 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 no camera no. footage of him. Nope, nobody pulled cameras. Oh, okay. At the Walmart store, when he was in the Walmart store buying the mascara for his wife that he bought for the first time, 
Mm -hmm. uh, and that was the last time anybody saw him. Okay. You do know from cell phone pings uh, that he was at the residence roughly at about 3.30. This is when it all began at 3.30 on that afternoon. Okay. So with that said, if I was going to put a percentage on it without DNA, I, say, I would say we're 60% there, uh, that it's him. Now, there was other evidence that I cannot talk about, that I've been asked not to talk about. I've been asked not to make a public statement on the results of our investigation, because as soon as they announce what they think it is or what the public thinks it is, if, it's, if it is uh, if it is him, uh, then uh, they will make a formal announcement. And then directly after that, we'll make our formal announcement uh, of the results of our investigation. But you can kind of see the angle that we're looking at. Do we, you know, if it is him, and I'm not saying it is him, but if it is him, um, you know, we're, we're going to lean on the side of homicide because we just, they just the, the evidence doesn't match up. Right. That up. Uh, you know, homicides come in many ways, right? Active, active anger, active uh, misfaith, active uh, anger. Uh, besides anger, but I mean, every homicide is angry. But uh, active uh, of 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 a setup, uh, you know, which is a preconceived homicide. Uh, uh, pre-planned uh, capital offense in Texas. Um, you know, what do we think it is? We'll announce that at the time. But I, 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 the evidence I have right now that I've gone through over the so many years is, is that uh, this is not, or be to not, an accident uh, in our opinion. But we're going to reserve that final opinion that we're going to come out and tell the public uh, our final opinion of what we think it is. The team of people that have hundreds of hours of experience, uh, the recreation by our recreation team, the interviews that we did, you know, et cetera. When we get to that point, what we will do is we'll lay it out for everybody. Hey, here it is. This is what we did. We'll probably do it on a live broadcast somewhere. Um, and we'll do probably a press conference with the media, uh, but we're we uh, we're, we're you know we want to we want to keep the family in our minds, we want to keep the public in our minds, right? And we don't want to spread any disinformation. There's enough of that on Facebook, right? We? Very true. So it sounds like you're also saying you don't see any evidence that this was a suicide. I have no evidence that shows me any suicide was committed. None, zero, done at all. Okay. Was the body found close to the bicycle or can you? Yes. Okay. Within five yards. Okay. Enough Within that you five, saw them yes. both at the same time, right? Within, yes. Okay. Yes, within five yards. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the layout of the scene we want to give to the public. Some of it was released on Facebook, which was absolutely abhorrent that someone, the, the gentleman who found the body, and again, he's a novice. He doesn't know anything, so I really don't want to beat him up. 
but you don't go around and take pictures of skulls and evidence and then put it up on Facebook saying, look what I found. You, yeah. you don't do that. You don't, you don't do that. You give it to the cops and the cops will instruct you because this could be a homicide investigation. And then those pictures got out before the police got there, which makes it fruit of the poisonous tree. And for those of you not in the legal business, the fruit of the poisonous tree is, is that you cannot release to the public or outside of an investigation, homicide or other uh, evidence, because then you can't use it for the jury because the jury may have been impugned by it. So that's called the fruit of the poisonous tree. And uh, it's a very crude way to explain the law, but uh, we were very distressed when we saw that. When we saw that, I think the whole office just erupted into who the hell is doing that? Who's that guy? And then one of the news media organizations who, again, they're novices in the news media, they're internet news people, they did, they put it up there. And then immediately we were all on the phones, the cops, the DA, we were on the phone, everybody was on the phone saying, take it down, take it down now. And, right. And so, you know, anybody who rebroadcasts it now uh, will probably end up facing charges. I think we actually saw that. Yeah, I know well, I did. We did. Yeah, we saw that. Point. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, and that guy, I'm, again, I don't want to beat him up, but common sense, friends. Right. Common <laughs> sense. Yeah. I mean, you find a body. Don't start taking pictures of it and put it up on the internet and say, cool, look at this body. Yeah, that's definitely not entertainment for sure. No, it's not entertainment. And you know what? That's somebody's dad. Mm-hmm. Somebody's friend. That's a decorated firefighter out of Dallas's, uh, uh, what? Well, how many are there out there? 2,000 firefighters? That's their brother. Why would right. you do that? Why, yeah. why would anybody do that? And again, after visiting with everybody involved, including the DA, uh, the FBI, everybody involved, it was it was a novice move. It was immediately taken down. An apology was written. We all move on now. Yeah. So if it is a homicide, you know, there's some <laughs> there's some hurdles we're all going to have to go over. I apologize if I sound like I'm tired. Just look at my eyes. I'm all brown in my eyes. So. I'm at we, work. We totally understand. <laughs> you look fine. Yeah. <laughs> but look yeah, like no, I've been wearing sunglasses for a week. Which <laughs> You're fine. Do you think that uh, the body was placed at that location after the search that you said was the area where his body or the remains were found um, was included in the original search area? Do you think it was placed there after that search? I'm going to hold on if I'm giving an opinion on that. If okay. It, question is if i'm leaning towards that the answer is yes uh but do i have my final conclusion on that no ma'am i don't okay I'm not going to release my final conclusion until i get my final conclusion you know right that makes sense final conclusion hello we're here okay do you think that finding these remains are going to help solve the case Yes, absolutely. Awesome. That's good to hear. Remember, no, it, it varies if, sometimes. If you murder somebody or if there's a, oh, well, let's take suicide first. If there's a suicide first, okay, the, the guy committing the suicide is going to leave evidence out there, okay? 
If you have a homicide, there is no perfect homicide. Some people may think we've got a case right now up in Canadian Texas where, you know, if it is not a homicide, nobody can, there's, there's no methods of death. If there is a homicide, there is no perfect sign or function in a homicide. So we'll be able to figure that out eventually. We're in the process of got some good evidence this last week. So we're in the process of figuring that out. But my bottom line is, do I have any evidence of a suicide? No. Do I have evidence of a homicide? Um, we do have some evidence that we believe is strong evidence uh, to, a, to a homicide. But again, we have to, you know, they process the crime scene or the suicide scene, whatever you want to call it, process the scene, looked it over four or five times. They ran uh, metal detectors. They ran, I mean, they did the whole, they did a good job. They, I can't say enough. They did a good job. Of course, the Texas Rangers came down and um, uh, they, they helped out. There was two, three Rangers there, some FBI guys. So I, uh, I do I believe that it was uh, done uh, properly? Yes, I think it was done properly. We'll see how it comes out and go with it that way. One last question from me. Do you think there is any possible chance that Michael Chambers rode his bike, had some type of a heart attack, some natural cause death and fell off his bike? No. Okay. I mean, if you want to take that, okay, so let's take that theory. Chambers, we know, was in his garage. We know that there were two puddles of blood. Okay. We know that a tarp was missing. Mm -hmm. We know that a bike was missing. We know that there were some short pieces of rope missing. Okay. So we know all of this. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is what we know. That's called hard evidence. We have that hard evidence. But what we don't have is a witness between the house and where his body was found that said, yeah, I saw a guy riding a bike. Right. It's important. Out of the 20, let's see, it was 27 plus seven. We're, we're looking at almost 40 miles, 40 miles, almost 40 miles. And a guy on a bike with no bike pass where he's going to have to ride on a street that sees probably about 10,000 cars a day. Yeah. Not that's no. a long way. That's that's long. That's way long. That's really Not to long mention, way. I'm impressed about the 40 mile trip. I don't even well, think I could do four and, miles. Well, uh, that and he's a firefighter. Right. Uh, his knees were bad. Had part of a bad shoulder. Um, I don't see a you know 70 something year old man doing that. I mean, I, I just. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. Why wouldn't he just take his truck down there and then go to the water, you know? There you <laughs> well, go. And it sounds like it was out of character for him to do super long trips like that on his bike anyway. Well, the bike hadn't been moved in two years, according to the witnesses. Yeah. So what are you going to ride a bike with no chain oil on it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. you've, been beat, you've been beat to the point where you're bleeding in two different uh, puddles of blood. Uh, I mean, come on, that the yeah. folks, those weren't just, those weren't just 
puddles. Now, now some of the rangers have kind of theorized that maybe he set it up that way to put blood in a tube and spread the tube out in the garage and pour the, what? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> now, full moons, crazy things happen, <laughs> but, but this is one of those crazy things. Okay, now I have a question. If you are leaving the Chambers residence and you're heading towards Walmart, is it the opposite direction where he was supposedly traveling on the bicycle or is it the same direction? I'd probably say it's like a U or maybe a fancy Z. Okay. You down and you take a left and you okay. go through a bunch of traffic and traffic lights. Then there's a sidewalk by some restaurants. Then you get past that and you go to another farm to market road, take a left. Then you go down another, what, seven, eight miles you get to the bridge. Uh, the bridge was was closed down except for two short lanes. You got to walk your bike through there. I don't see him riding a bike through there. I don't see any professional <laughs> riding their bike, excuse me, through there. Then you get over the bridge and then you go down another five miles. Then you go down another three miles to your, oh, hey. you, you know, it's not happening. Yeah. I, okay. So this is my thinking is that he left the house and went all that direction or all that way in his truck to Walmart, went into the store, got the mascara and whatever else, went back home and then got on his bike and then did this long uh, ride to go kill himself. That's strange. It makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It makes zero sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It's just a flat out setup. He's just really going to be concerned. And then there was, there's a piece of evidence that I, I'm not going to talk about other than to say that was found at the scene that was missing from the original scene, right, where the blood was. Mm -hmm. Found it. Wow. It was there. And so you wonder, okay, why did we take that and put it on our person and go out some 40 yeah. miles? What? what? Yeah. It's, it's just, it, it's one of those things where you, and, and you know, look, a lot of people have theorized he was a firefighter for what, 25, 30 years, right? They theorized that he just made the decision that, you know, he was going to stage his suicide. Oh, come on. Come on. I mean, you know what? I mean, we've already talked about his wife having affairs. He already knew his wife was having affairs. He was financially sound. It's, it's just, you know, and then the wife runs out, what, two weeks, three weeks after he goes missing and declares him dead and talks some justice of the peace into declaring him dead, which ends up making even more of a mess in the in, in in his estate you know again what i mean that's all we've done in this case is look at each other and go what what right. yeah that's i can imagine and i have a question about the what you were talking about on the um getting him considered dead so soon even though i get i think the i don't know if it's considered a law or what but it's like seven years right yep Sure, okay. seven years. I, I don't even understand how that happened, but nevertheless, it was done. So now, is there a way that when they uh, do the testing that they do to find out more or so of when he died, and do they change that or 
How does you know what? That's a great question. And that's up to the homicide investigators to meet with the, the county attorney and the coroner and uh, everybody that's involved. They, they, that's a discussion that's going to be had at a table, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the pension board over in Dallas, they're going to have a say in this at Dallas Fire. City of Dallas, they're going to have a they're going to have a say in this. Everyone's going to have a say in this. Uh, uh, you know the the family because the family's split. The family's totally split. We got one side of the family that says, "See, Dad killed himself," and the other side of the family going, "What What are you talking about? What What world are you in?" Wow, so, that's interesting. Things Things have got to calm down a little bit. Let's get the evidence, and you know the the, the you know, remember every case, and you guys do this so wonderfully with with your podcasts. Thank and you. Yes, you do this so wonderfully. Who, what, when, where, why, how? Okay. Well, we know who, we know what, we know when, we do not know why, and we're trying to figure that out. We do not know how, and we're trying to figure that out right now. Right. And so, and then the why. Well, we think we've got the why down. We, 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 you know, we. You know, he's got a wife that plays around on him all the time, not with just one man, but multiple, multiple, multiple men. Um, um, so, you know, and that's a concern. Uh, why would one of the men lie to us, the investigators, when we get him cornered and we talk to him and he flat out lies and I'm standing there and someday we'll, we'll release that recording where I go, well, why would you, he his the main crux with me and my questioning, I'm not speaking for MJ Holmes or any of the other team who questioned him. But when I questioned him, I asked him specifically the question, when was the last time you talked to her? And he said, oh, it's been, and I believe it was two years, maybe a year or two years. So you talked to him a year or two years ago? Yes. Or her? Yes, a year or two years ago. Well, that's interesting. How come your phone number comes up and then your phone turns off at 3.15 in the afternoon and it turns back on at six, whatever. Mm -hmm. wow. That's, that's always call, suspicious. Why did you call her right before 3.30? And then why did you call her early in the morning at 5.30? Why did you do that? And you just stood there and stared at it. So there it is. That's from the phone company. Right. Help me with this. Help me here. I'm sure there's an explanation. Just give me an explanation. You forgot. <laughs> you no, forgot. that's when I let Holmes go loose on him and and then, you know, did her nice routine and, you know, talked to him, got information out of him. But, you know, I, I got zero tolerance for liars. You know, I, just, I agree. And I, and I just, I knew he was lying. He was looking down. He was looking to the right, looking to the left. I remember the interview like it was yesterday. And then his wife came out and slammed the door uh, in our faces um, while he was standing mm -hmm. with us. So, I mean, there's a lot of emotion to it. There's a lot of background to it. There's a lot of everything to it. But again, I'm not willing to give my final opinion yet. You know, it could be something that was missed that hasn't been shared with me, that when law enforcement gives us their book and says, this is what we believe happened, then that's what happened. I mean, you got to go with the law enforcement guys. The only disappointment I've ever had with law enforcement up there is when they got that JP and that constable to sign off on, on the property two weeks after he was dead. 
those are kind of things that disgust me and I don't understand how that happens and how is it legal? It's cover I don't... up. It's cover up. It's cover up. All the way to the JP that signed off oh, on yeah, his there's more, Look, wow. there's more. <laughs> she, I hate to be like this, but she, she rode more horses than Seattle Slough. That makes sense. And she was involved <laughs> with a lot of people and they knew the national media was coming in, right? And with the national media coming in, oh, if we can put up a smoke screen, right? It's probably a suicide or whatever they want to put it. There you go. Isn't there somebody though uh, above them that can that, that 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 a law was broken or something? I just don't understand how you can just go, oh, we'll just sign off on this one. But that's not the way the law reads. So how did you go above the law? Probably requesting it go to probate or to a district court, letting the district court open a probate file. And then if you're that inbred up there, which I don't think they are, but if you're that inbred up there, then uh, you take it to the, I think they're in the fourth court of appeals, if my memory is correct. Take it up to the fourth court of, court of appeals and ask them to issue a stay. And then everything would have been stayed until the, you know, until the body was found. Right. No, he's which... dead. Now I can go to probate. It took away so many important skills for not only the homicide investigators, but for us on the PSB side, because you know, if you if you have a probate in place, we could have gotten one of the lawyers to give us permission to issue subpoenas through them, and we could have gotten a Trevor trove of information, but they didn't. And so whoever came up with that smokescreen idea did a damn good job. And there you go. So what, one of the people, see, you get somebody like me that's been around 30, 40 years. I know, I know the system. I smell a rat when I smell a rat. And I smelled it the minute I came involved in this case. I knew once I came in this case, there was just too much smoke. Um, and, I, you know, the first question I have is, you know, I hang around with a lot of firefighters, right? I hang around with a lot of firefighters. I was a firefighter medic for 27 years for my city, okay? I know a rat when I smell it. When I heard that they said that this man had a possibility of committing suicide, I thought to myself, now, wait a minute. What do I know about suicide first? Which is, if somebody's gonna commit suicide, they're gonna do it in front of somebody or they're gonna do it in a place where the body can be found. They're not gonna get on a bicycle and ride, now we know. 37 to 40 miles and go hide on top of a little island and put the little bicycle down and go sit next to the bicycle and die. And put the family through all that torture. Especially a firefighter who loved his daughter. Right. Loved his son and loved all these people. There is, there's no rhyme or reason for any of this. I didn't know him and I can tell that. Yeah. He's a hero. Yeah. He, he, he gave his body, his back, his shoulder, his, his knees, his, his skin got burned a couple of times. I mean, he gave his, he sacrificed himself for that. All over a woman that's screwing around on him? No, that doesn't, that doesn't fly with us. We've been through too many of these monkeys. <laughs> you know, my... My last question for you is, do you think justice is going to be served in this case? 
Hmm. I want to see what the cops did. I want to see what the police did. We've sat in a room with them three, four, five, six, you know, a period of years, at least once a year, we've sat in a room with them and watched how hard they've worked and watched how they put emphasis on the case. And Susie Lasoya, who is our client, is satisfied with them. We're sat relatively satisfied. I mean, in the beginning, it wasn't pretty. The, when I first met the first sheriff, he was just a jerk, just an absolute jerk. He didn't need to be. You know, I talk about this. I think I talk about this on your show. When you private security experts, right? That were all ex-law enforcement or ex, you know, street operators or government operators or whatever, because that's what interests in the business. We're not any Tom, Dick, or Harry that's a school teacher that says, oh, I, I want to be an investigator now. Okay. We're not those kind of people. When they see us saw our credentials, and I always present our credentials first. Here's who we are read up on us. I'm going to go grab a Coke. I'll be back. Right. I want them to be comfortable to who they're talking with in our experience level. I mean, you talk about like Trey Sargent, she's a federal agent. And this, this, this sheriff just said, well, you we, blah. get away from here. Stay away from everything. Well, sheriff, you can go blow because we're not going to go do that. And that's what I tell these uncooperative shows. Go blow. We're going to do our investigation. It's happening. So if you need to arrest me, let's do it now. And I'm going to get out on bail and then I'm going to continue my investigation. Right. And you see, they kind of go, oh, yeah, that ain't good. If you do this between the private security guys and you do this with law enforcement, what do you get? Instead of getting two, three, four sets of eyes, five, you now have 10 sets of eyes. 10 is better than five in a homicide. Okay. Unless you get every crazy Tom, Dick, or Harry that want to play pretend investigator and come up with crazy ass theories and don't look at the evidence, you know, that's, that's, that, that's, that's a problem. But do I think it'll be solved? It's going to have to depend upon the police. It's going to have to depend upon how the police do their job or did their job out there. So far, all the evidence I've read, they did a pretty good job. I think I, I don't have a problem with the, what they did out there so far, unless when I read in the report, they didn't do certain things. Um, right. Uh, then I'll be a little, then I'll be a little skeptic, but I think they did a good job because they know it's, it's a national story and they know when they make their announcement, every ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, mm -hmm. Max, Funk and Wagnall, everybody will be out there giving an opinion. Yeah, it'll be big. It'll be big, yeah, and then the, and then immediately after that, we'll be prepared and ready to go, and we'll 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 give our statement after that. They may invite us. I heard a rumor a week ago that they may invite us up to be in their press conference and thank us and thank us for all our work and for all the evidence we've turned over. And now it's going to be either this or that. I mean, it's not going to be an accident. I assure you, it's going to be this or that. And right. um, uh, I can assure you that if they do that, that will be a huge step in the state of Texas uh, for agencies to learn of that technique and that tool. We can't wait. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. We're, look, we're looking yeah, forward wait. to it. We're going to think positively and that that will happen and hopefully it'll be soon. Yeah. And, and let me say this again. As the media changes, 
right? You're seeing the media, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN. You see all the numbers crashing. You see Disney, who owns ABC, trying to abort ABC and get rid of them because they're a dying breed. TV is dying. You are the new generation, and I want to make sure that we all work together to keep the word out there on these cases. What you two ladies have done, out of all the media I've worked with in this case, and I work, you guys know, I work with a lot of media. I mean, you name it, I've worked with them. I can tell you, you guys have kept it factual. You've kept it basic. And you have never been accusatory. You've always been, hey, let's wait to see what they say. And I want to thank you both for that. Awesome. Thank you. you. We can't thank you enough for being on again. We were so thrilled when we found out you're available. So thank you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, let's stay in touch. I would love to have you back on after this we'll do person we'll gets do arrested. Might, yeah, let's we do We might it. even do a one-on-one interview with you on an extended period if you guys want. Love uh, it. I get all the investigators on. We'll do a big Skype and we'll get all the investigators and we'll talk to you about the evidence and, and what we see. That'd that be would great. be wonderful. Thank you. Well, thank you. Have a great day, Philip. We look forward thank to you. seeing you again soon. Thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. Good to see have you. Have a great day. Good, Good to see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.